What up, y'all? Welcome to The Set Break with your hosts, George Slupik, Robert Barnett, and Chad Anderson. Oh, and sometimes special guests. We're three soulful drummers discussing music, soul, and life, and a bunch of other nonsense. So hang with us backstage right here on The Set Break. Hey, man. Uh, hey. Y'all, I gotta say this. Uh, isn't it cool that... You know, we talk all this stuff, but the feedback has been really nice. So we can't start a second episode without thanking everybody. Man, uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I literally was just sitting here, like compiling all the comments into um, this, just into into my notes um, on my on my computer. Uh, I I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You're absolutely yeah. right. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, no kidding. I, 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 I'm a little bit jealous. I haven't got any feedback. Oh, <laughs> yes, you have, man. Well, I, only, only through y'all. Only through you two. <laughs> but, but you guys. So, are people texting you, emailing you? What? Uh, well, I, I messaged. I messaged. You know, probably about thirty people. Just sent them the link. Seven or eight of those people. You know, came back and and said that uh, they were listening, um, or they were going to listen. And then I got at least half a dozen comments from those people. Um, right on. You know, yeah, that was just texting. Uh, and then, uh, of course, people are commenting on the on the Instagram page. Yeah, I, I mean, I need to be better at self promotion and like put this shit out there. Well, you know, it's funny, man. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's what it is either. It's, it's just, I, it could be just the different vessels. Like I've got, um, you know, I, I had, a, I definitely had some feedback through Instagram, but I had uh, people connecting with me through Facebook over this, you know, I just, or Patrice would send messages from other people, you know, so, and actually uh, text messages from, from some of our uh, circle of of crew, you know, and, um, in fact, what's a really, uh, great thing about this is that there are some people I haven't heard from in quite a while and, uh, they, they love podcasts, you know, and, uh, and apparently, I mean, you know, they, they use it on their commutes. They use it in their kind of pre-work, uh, or post-work day or during work day, right? What's up? What's up people yeah. working folks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. But, uh, no, for real, but that's, a, uh, it's nice because, uh, you know, the stuff that we talk about is, is yes, yeah, deep and funny and it's us and, and it's not just us. It's all, it's all creative people, man. And drummers, of course, but man, I mean, a lot of the people contacted me, were not just drummers. I mean, we're other artists and musicians and, and, uh, George, I know that was the same on your end too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, my my good buddy Christopher Rico is an amazing visual artist, painter, and uh, just an incredible creative dude. And uh, he was listening on on his drive home from work, and and he immediately uh, texted me when he got home, and he was just like, "This is this is incredible." And uh, he was he was super excited. I really love uh, 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 all the younger people who are listening. Um, younger musicians who are listening and, and commenting on uh, what we were talking about, you know, our, our concepts, but, but also 
you know, and what you and Robert were talking about, about playing shapes and yeah. things like that. And, and, you know, uh, I didn't even really discover things like that until I was in my late teens, early twenties and still didn't really know. I think I, I commented, um, in the last podcast that I didn't still didn't really have a strong grip on it, but, uh, you know, to have younger people tuning in and uh, saying that they're going to start checking out yeah. shapes, shapes and colors, you know, it's, 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 it's really cool. Well, man, uh, can I, let me, I, you know, we can all, we could definitely kind of uh, branch off into some other subject matter and, and not, you know, not dive into the deep end so much, but I, I wrote down a couple things and it's on that exact note. That's why I'm interrupting. Cause I want to, I want to throw no, this no. Re- rewind on this for a second. Jeez. So interrupt me all night long. I don't uh, care <laughs> on the, uh, you know, not just on shapes, but I, I, I was watching some, um, some, or reading interviews and watching some footage, uh, from some great musicians and such. And it's funny, man. And actually also just as a person who's in visual arts myself and and teach visual artists, I, I was sort of circling back around a pun intended to, to look at, um, kind of, uh, you know, that, that, that idea of shapes and the idea of, of, um, kind of the synesthesia that Robert brought that up, uh, and, this, this kind of cross-pollination of, of disciplines. Um, you know, some people were commenting to me about that and, and some were like, yeah, I also, I see shapes and I play on those things or, or the other ones were sort of, I don't, I don't really, um, I don't know about that. I don't know how to do that. I'm not really tuned into that. How would you suggest thinking about those kinds of things based off of what you are talking about? And here's something I wanted to back up and say, which is, I think there's kind of four things um, that might be related to that, but are, are also just generic for, for me. I mean, this is for me, but I'm, I'm kind of pulling this out of my own notes that relates to this. And maybe this will help some folks too. But one is, is in terms of art or, or creative thinking or drumming or music or anything else, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, some people are big on foundations. I, I'm mm-hmm. big on foundations, which, you know, for any instrument is, or, you know, for music and art, there, there are definite foundations and sure. Pe- but, but this is funny. So before I get off into that real quick, uh, people get into this thing where I think it's, it, it can be like, um, this idea of, um, you know, yeah, you have to master foundations and then you go to the next level. But, but I, I don't, I don't want to suggest that you have to be uh, <laughs> like the world's greatest rudiment player to mm-hmm. be able to proceed by, by any means. I mean, we can always look at, you know, even kids or people, anybody who had, who, they, you know, don't read, can't play the rudiments and still could create great music. But I, I, I wanted to kind of back up and say that the foundations, uh, another way to think about foundations is a way to um, teach yourself kind of how to edit and how to clean up things. And here's why, because if you could do those things, then if you go to number two in my kind of notes of thinking is, um, when you do wrong stuff, when you practice wrong things, which by the way, can't you practice wrong things, right? And that what we were talking about, like with Robert going up into the attic and being pissed off and (laughs) just going for, you know, things that, that are not wrong. I don't like these, I shouldn't use the word wrong, but, but aren't, um, 
they aren't the correct thing, right? The correct way or the correct, it's, it's not even about that. It's just going for something different. Um, to do that, I think sometimes if, if those who haven't, aren't comfortable with that kind of thinking or that kind of approach, if you trust your, your learning and your foundations in, in terms of what it does for you and cleaning up some things, then you, you don't have to always do that. You can go mess up things and then clean it up. Like Monk used to say, what's that quote he always said, which is uh, something like, uh, go ahead and play your mistakes because they're really, they're the only original things that you've got. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, yes. man, that, that's like, uh, I don't know how many years I've, I think about that. Right. And so mm -hmm. sometimes I get hung up practicing foundations and I don't go for the mistakes. And sometimes I, I'm scared to go for the mistakes and trust the mistakes because, uh, I, I don't know that people will think that I have the foundations or my ego gets in the way. All right. So before I get too deep into that, I got two more points. The other one is, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I want to put these out there because, uh, and then I'm going to get off of the horn on this thing. But number three is uh, the late Roy Hargrove had an interview the other day I was watching and he said something that made me jump up off the couch and run in circles around the room. Uh, and he said, man, some, some, he, I don't, I'm paraphrasing. He said something to the effect of, you know, sometimes he noticed that some of the younger cats or younger folks, uh, and this is definitely a generalization, but that, um, or some, not even younger, that people in general, they don't listen the way, like he said, the way we used to listen, which is, was something I relate to, which was where we get together and, uh, you know, as a group, like me, me, me and you, George and Robert, we do it. Um, I think not enough because we don't get to hang out enough, but uh, listening to things, you know, like just sit down and not go into the head mode, but like, just listen, man. Like does anybody get together and listen to stuff as a group and, and just let it absorb, you know, mm. man, that, yeah. that is a, that is so fantastic. And that is, I think about that shit all the time. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> Cause it, it, it doesn't, uh, you don't process it the same way by yourself as you do with others, of course, but then that is, man, that yes, that's a great point. <laughs> that's so true. You're blowing my mind, man. Cause I, this is stuff I think about. I just, I just haven't verbalized it yet. And you're like totally bringing it up. Yeah. But we, we take, I, I say we, I take it for granted because you know, I, 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 I think about some of the guys that I've spent a lot of times playing music with and, and, and we used to just not, even for a gig, like I would go up into like when I would visit Memphis, I'd be in Memphis a lot, you know, to play a gig or whatever. But even three, four hours before the gig, we'd just be sitting um, in in somebody's place, you know. We're just checking stuff out. I might not even be playing with them that night, you know. But we, we it's just uh -huh. right. Um, and real yes. quick, so so one last thing, and this is it, um, is if if for those who want to. Um, are reaching out, stretching out, trying some things, looking for, for some other way to get outside of their box. Um, you know, if you're a drummer, for an example, or a musician, and you're not a visual artist, trust your other senses. Of course, we trust our ears naturally, uh, and probably not enough, maybe. Um, and, and one way to strengthen your ears sometimes is by doing things like, this is interesting. Um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with uh, a type of drawing called blind contour drawing. Yes. Okay. Yes. So just for listeners, uh, 
a blind contour drawing artists do this to train the eye and it, and it definitely gets the ego out of the way. Um, and you'll see where I'm going with this is that it's where you draw, you observe an object or, a, uh, whatever your subject is and you draw, uh, on some surface and you're very careful to pay attention to where your eye is focused on where, what, what follow the line and you, you draw on the paper, what you see with your eyes, but you don't look at the paper. So right. you, you cannot see what you're drawing, which is an right. interesting concept. The reason I bring that up is because as an art student who was studying music privately, I didn't realize until years later that I got a lot of my absorption of my mentors and watching them play in their motions and how they touch the drums, move at the drums, how they sit at the drums, how what their arm and limb motions are and all those kinds of things. I didn't realize that I really absorbed that because I was blind contour drawing them while they were playing, either at concerts or even in their private practice spaces. Mm, yeah. Mm. And so I'm just going to leave it at that to say that uh, even if you think, hey, you know, I'm not a, what was this guy talking about? I'm not a visual artist, you know, man, grab... <laughs> Even watching YouTube, like you'd be surprised. Just move, check the motions out, almost like note note taking. Don't even think about it as drawing. Just let your eyes watch, and um, you know, I think it's more like recording. It, you'd be surprised at what your brain will process, and then how that will um, circulate back out onto the drums. Um, and and then you know, if you really want to push yourself, you can take that that drawing that would be completely odd looking to you probably um and later set it up on the music stand in front of the in front of your drums or or what you know in the practice room or your horn or whatever it is that you play and play play that back as uh -huh. if it were music you know so okay that's it i've just had to put that out there right so those are some no, things to think that's about. great let me continue on that just for a second go when i was in grade school uh, you, you, are you guys hip to that book, Drawing on the Left Side of the Brain? Yeah, buddy. Uh, or Right Side know, of the I, Brain. Left, right. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Go ahead. Sorry, man. No, <laughs> I know the book. It's great. Uh, right. So uh, at, at the school that I went to, they taught that. It was, it was like a class that they taught everybody. Um, it wasn't even like an art class. It, it, I think they were just trying to teach creativity and and ways to approach problem solving and so forth. And that book was hugely to, to exactly what you're saying. That book was hugely influential to me. That is and crazy. Es and, and establishing, uh, my, uh, my young creative mind, not just in music, but just in, in everything and how to, uh, reimagine the world, re, you know, see the world in different ways, try to reconstruct it in different ways. Right. Um, right. Yeah, and there's there's some really heavy lessons in that book. Oh yeah, no that that book is in, <laughs> yes. In fact, we used to require that of of um, uh, we had another school where I taught that uh, the students have have that book, uh, and that's man, I just I, that blows me away. But also kind of doesn't that you would have been introduced to that uh, early on because you know after what we talked about in the last podcast of course of course you would approach things that way not just because of that book but be just from from um sort of having an extra layer of that kind of influence 
uh, yeah. on your thinking. I don't know that book. I'll send it to you. I'll send it okay. to you. I mean, you should all definitely right. check it out. Uh, and I, I think, oh. I think we all should. Yeah, for sure. I have, a, I've got a, I've, I have my copy still somewhere, probably in my attic in a box or something. But I still have that thing. Wow. I should, I should dig it out and give you it. Well, man, what's I'm the, not gonna. You can't have my copy. Again? Go, go. go, go. <laughs> what's the again? Yes. Screw you, George. Get your own copy, man. <laughs> okay, I will. Hell, what, what's it called again? It's called drawing on the right side of the brain, not the left. <laughs> It's the right. He, Chad was right. It's oh man. <laughs> okay. Drawing on the right side of the brain. Yeah. In fact, what we'll do is um, I'll I'll make sure that we we put a link to that uh, somewhere, right? <laughs> Some of this this tech tech stuff in the notes or the whatever on the blog. We'll we'll put that up there. Yeah. Podcast sure. notes. So so um you know what what real quick let me back up to this what what are your experiences you guys in terms of uh and and i i actually wish we kind of had like a live uh feed or something with a bunch of folks i would love to know how many people still you know hang out and listen to music like 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 what we're talking about i mean you know you know because i know man i already know you two i mean outside of the three of us together but y'all do that or have done that you know, and not just kind of because we're all busy, right? Like everybody, everything's faster, everything's busier. Who who's going to sit down and like really check a record out? Right now, you know, but but didn't I mean, God, I know we used to. It just it was all the time. Like that's in fact, I probably shouldn't say this, but I I may or may not have missed quite a number of of classes as a young <laughs> young college student uh, because of not because I was doing stupid stuff. I was. I was studying the music. I mean, I was just in it, like absorbed completely. <laughs> anyway, yeah, man. So I know we've all done it, right? Yes. I wanted to comment on what you were talking about, about listening, um, bring the conversation back to Al Fielder from the other day. You know, oh, I've never yeah. met, I've never met Al face to face, but I think I told you, Chad, I was, I was driving, driving <laughs> yeah. uh, I was driving through Jackson, Mississippi, one day on my way back from a gig, I was by myself in the car and I was like, you know, I'm going to look up Al Fielder because I bet you a million dollars. He's one of those guys who is listed in the phone book. Like you can call him up. And <laughs> and I just randomly, I, I called 411, I asked, you know, I asked for uh, Alan Fielder's number and um, he, was, he was listed. He was the only one. And, uh, and I called him up and I was, <laughs> I was like, uh, Mr. Fielder, um, I think immediately he was like, you know, call me Al or something like that. You know, cause I, I said, I'm, I told him that I was friends with you, Chad. And, and, uh, that, uh, I was, I was hoping actually that he was home and I could cruise over to his house and get a drum lesson. But there was something going on at his place that day. He was leaving to go shopping with his wife. Right, there right. was a possible chance that, that he was going to have like a window. Um, but since I was driving, I was trying to get back home. I was tired, you know, and Jackson is still quite oh, a ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I'm kicking myself for just not sticking around in Mississippi and just making it happen because I, I bet I could have. I bet I could have gotten a lesson with him down there. But but anyway, long story short, he stayed on the phone with me for a good 30 or 40 minutes. And we talked about all kinds of stuff. But one of the one of the greatest things that he told me that day was uh, regards to listening 
to, to helping develop your ear even more. He was saying, uh, take a piece of music that you really like, you know, and you're going to, you know, being a drummer, you're going to listen to the drums. Right. And he said, <clears throat> he said, well, that's great. You know, listen to the track and just check out the drums. He's like, only try to focus on the drums. He said, then start the tune over. And if there's a saxophone player, check out what he's doing. Listen to his copy, listen to his phrasing, try to tune everybody else out. And he said, you know, whatever the instrumentation is on that particular record, each time you listen to it, only focus on one particular instrument, you know? And, and it was crazy. He said, if there's seven people in the band, you know, if there's a bunch of horn players, check each one of them out individually and then go back into the what the bass is doing you know is that if it's an organ player and there's no bass just check out what his feet are doing on the organ what his left hand is doing and man it was deep because I, I i i got off the phone with him and i just immediately started doing it on my drive home i, I was i was listening to some miles or some eric dolphy or maybe some coltrane or something like that and and i i'd never really done that before i like i like to think that i have a really good ear and i, and I really do listen Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but I think it's more. I think my my style of listening had had always been just like checking out the entire group, you know. And then if something somebody was playing something really really dope, you know, I I, I would check them out. But I'd never ever just gone and listened to an entire record and only and and listened to it one song or each song multiple times like that. You know, and uh, and he explained to me that that the benefits were were huge. You know, it's like you will eventually be able to put yourself in the position of the other players and be sympathetic to where they are and where the notes that they are playing and that will open open your playing up, you know, Um I just I thought that that was an incredible lesson. I just I felt actually after I got off the phone, I felt like just driving over to his house and handing him a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, knowing him in the capacity that I know him, I could tell you um, what what his reactions would be uh, to not only all of that but that last comment too. But um, I <laughs> I before I comment on that real quick, I, I I mean one of the things that. I know after last cast and this one too, our, those who are listening to this, um, we brought up Alvin Fielder a couple of times and uh, he, just so that people know, I mean, you could definitely, you should look him up. He's not heralded and named and out there in terms of the way uh, a lot of guys are uh, in, in, uh, in creative music, such as an Elvin Jones or Max Roach or whatever, although he was, uh, was, is in there with those guys. Uh, he, was a founding member of the AACM uh, in Chicago. So that's real important to note. And maybe there's a whole podcast where we do a focus on, on our mentors and stuff, but I um, certainly, I, you know, and again, for another time, I, 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 st- I met him and started studying with him when I was 19. And uh, that, that is interesting because that's one of the first things he told me or taught me to do. In fact, the very first, pre-lesson I had with him, uh, was, was that, but in person. And, um, it, it was, and it was a test cause it was kind of a, a test about what I know. And it goes back to that question of where are you coming from? What are you coming out of? You know? And, uh, and he was sort of yeah. asking that without me playing the drums, he wouldn't let me back to the drum room. 
uh, that that didn't even happen the first lesson. But but um, before I go way down into that, because I can I can certainly go down that conversational path. But he uh, he taught me that too, George. And that I, that's it seems kind of like you know he referred to it as the art of of listening. And I I, I noticed that because I wasn't in in traditional music school, but I was. Um, dealing with being around people like like Alvin Filder and and Ooh. Kid Jordan and and just being absorbed in the history uh, of course but also at the same time opening the the unbelievably opening my ears up to um, hearing live things that way hearing recorded music that way regardless of style it doesn't matter I mean you could pull out an orchestra and go it'd take you a while to go through all the instruments <laughs> but, Good Lord, but yeah. no 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 but but what it does is it um, it also does things like it teaches you song form, whether you are super analytical about it or not. And you become more sensitive to, you know, timbre and 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 vernacular. You know, we talked about that last time that someone can hit a cymbal or or like, um, you know, play a note on a on a, any other instrument. And almost immediately you can detect who that is, uh, especially from particular generations. And, and, mm. and I think our Blakey's, our Blakey's press roll. Oh my Lord. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. That's a good giveaway. You know, and, 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 you know, then we, we could have a whole episode just on, on, shuffles and we will but but even uh, shuffles <laughs> hold on hold on i know george right right george is like what shuffles <laughs> shuffle alert uh, <laughs> no, right no 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 but but even just if you take blakey and philly and and quote unquote the 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 jazz guys you know which which were playing in a rhythm and blues bands at that time and could play those shuffles they all had a different shuffle too you know but that's hold on that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other thing but you're right man that's a that's a great lesson and and it 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 also makes you um i think it makes you have well you have to slow down and i mean man i you know i how, how I, I would challenge anybody listening to this to look at whatever device it is where you've been listening to music i mean if you're listening to our podcast that's awesome i mean you're that's that's a lot of patience <laughs> but but Ooh. there's you know what what are you checking out i mean is it just a playlist of shuffle tunes what is it and if you just take one or if you take an album and you really go through it you don't have to be like some kind of academic you know super analyze you can but but you don't have to approach it from from that heady level you can just really try to concentrate on how people use space and go through the instruments and then go back he also said this you know don't forget go back after you've checked all the uh, the musicians on every on, on the not just the record but each track you know the drums the bass the 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 piano whatever the instrumentation is then you listen to the whole tune right just as right. a whole then, then you learn the entire form well yeah well yeah and then but then you see but then after the form though you still listen to it again and you check out how people blend yeah. right you know like there's a lost art like hey y'all y'all know how to blend you know what happens if you unplug you know well, i'll play electric instrument all right fine but what happens, I mean, you know, when you don't have to go through the house system, you don't have to do, what, can you blend? You know, even if you're killing it, like just bashing, you still can blend. Like, how do you, how do you blend? And so like, that's a real specific thing, but my God, man, you listen to, I check, I, again, it doesn't matter the style, the genre. I mean, you can listen to the, what we call the, who's your masters, you know, in terms of the, the any music that you listen to. And man, I guarantee you, after you go through all of that, you're going to, you sit back and you have a real different perspective on, on not just that 
song and not just those musicians, but like everything else you listen to, it starts to connect. And as soon as you hit the the bandstand or as soon as you go to rehearsals or whatever, or as soon as you're hanging out, man, when you're hanging out, it changes how you hang out. So, you know, that's true. That's deep, man. Anyway, <laughs> I, sorry. I, I, <laughs> Dude, don't be sorry, man, because you're absolutely right. I mean, it does so much. It does so much for you as a player, obviously, but but also as a person, you know, and you can recognize instantly, you know, after after really fine tuning your ear, you can recognize pretty quickly who's not listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know? right. Uh, and and uh, you know, I was uh, who, who somebody somebody was talking about the other day. Maybe it was you, Chad. Maybe it was you, Robert. That you know, there's there's a fine art to learning how to listen. You know, if you're sitting around and you know a car drives by and honks the horn or there's a siren or whatever, you heard that. You can hear that. But then if you like walk outside on your balcony and just like listen to what the birds are doing, you know, uh, or you're checking out the street noise, like you're looking at it, you're, you're actually listening, you know, and uh, on the bandstand, it's even like, uh, it's, it's a deeper thing. Uh, that, that lesson, that lesson from Al was, you know, stayed with me. Hey, so check this out. So one time after, uh, there was a, there was some event that, that a friend of mine uh, and I had, had put on where we brought in uh, Kid Jordan on saxophone and uh, the great New Orleans saxophone player and 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 Alvin on drums and also there's this uh, pianist that they've worked with for years uh, by the name of Joel Futterman um, who lives up in Virginia but but um, man the, Joel they all both all three of them have ears that are just uh, tuned into some stuff that we can't even imagine however I'll never forget walking out after a, I think it was actually a workshop. And we walk outside and there was a lot of construction going on. And I was with uh, uh, Joel, the pianist, and and he I noticed he was rocking back and forth while we were standing there. We weren't saying anything, man. And he was grooving like he was at the piano and he's kind of laughing, you know, and, and I, I, we just stood there listening and, and it was real loud, man, because there was all kind of machinery and man, they were doing all, I mean, it's all kinds of traffic noise. Everything was going on. And, and I looked at him and he, he kind of looked back at me and, and grinned and he said, uh, dig, you hear, you hear that blues? And I said, <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, man. I, and I listened cause I was thinking, okay, you know, he's just, I'm, it's just, I'll, I'll be this young hip guy. So, yeah, 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 man. I hear Joel, of course, you know, but I, no, let, let me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's out, man. Yeah, it's real out. That's real out. But, but actually. Well, where were you? I missed where you said you were. We well, were on the street wait, corner wait, I'm sorry. No, no, I, no. It, we were. This is in Mississippi of all places. We were in. Um, I had. We had flown them in, and uh, they were putting on a workshop and a concert uh, for a. Right, a, right. A, a yeah, thing I we remember something about that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and so. Uh, but we had, st- it was in between like a workshop. Anyway, we walked outside, uh, just for a break and, um, okay. and Joel heard all this construction and, and in that, in, in the combination of the notes, uh, of the, the motors of the equipment and the, uh, screeches and the other sounds. Cause I, I did, I stopped, I just listened for a long time. And if you literally sung the notes and we're hearing the pitches and the kind of actually weirdly enough, this is so crazy. The phrasing, uh, man, it, it was totally, 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 uh, 
it was it was the blue it was it i mean it was right there it was the blues man and it wasn't like a blues like as in like oh it sounds like an old feel. no i mean it 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 was you could have had a horn and played the notes back that that were coming from those sounds <laughs> you know it's, really the, cool. well, it's the same thing with like bird song you know like um uh dolphy checking out uh you know and playing to to the birds and oh eric oh, i love that messian and all of, yeah, i mean yeah yeah, love yeah. That story. for sure Man, I was on the phone with Howard Grimes one time, man, and you know, you guys know about Howard Grimes. He played drums mm-hmm. on Love Happiness. He's still here in Memphis. He's still an active drummer. Right. He's seven. He's in his late seventies. Um, still uh, just an amazing drummer. He's on uh, Ant People's "I Can't Stand the Rain." Yeah, but his, drum, his drumming on uh, "Al Green is Love" is probably probably <laughs> some of the some of the most amazing. That's a great record, man. That's like some of the most incredible. <laughs> so okay, um, there's a tune on there called "Oh Me, Oh My," right? And it sort of has like this little uh, during the verses. It's like a boom, boom. I was on the phone with him one time and I was like, actually, I'm going to tell you two stories about him uh, in regards to uh, 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 outside sounds. And this is like still, this is like continuing our conversation from last week uh, uh, in regards to shapes and sounds and colors. So, I'm on the phone with him and he's, you know, and he's real soft spoken. He's like, Hey man, what's going on, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Howard, how are you, man? He's like, Oh, I'm pretty good. What are you up to? And, 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 you know, Howard listens to the records that he played on. And in addition to like listening to Bill Withers and, and uh, you know, he listens to a lot of James Gadsden stuff and he's always checking out Curtis Mayfield. He's mm, always yeah. listening to soul music and uh, country music and jazz, man. He's into Gene Krupa. You know, you would never know that unless you talk to him, you know, but he loved Gene Krupa. So anyway, I'm, I'm get off track, but I was, I was asking him what he was up to and, you know, we were just kind of making small talk and I was like, man, I wanted to ask you about this record, Al Green is Love. And he goes, oh man, I love, I love that record. And I said, man, particularly there's a tune on here called Oh Me Oh My. And he said, yeah, you want to know how I got that beat? <laughs> yes, yes. He already knew what I was going to ask him. And so I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, when I do that little skip beat in the, in the first, and I said, yeah, what is that? And he goes, man, I was, I was sitting up here watching the television one day and the sound was off and Popeye was on. Y'all remember the cartoon Popeye? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Popeye was, you know, he was always after olive oil, you know, and then, and then, you know, she liked him too, but then Blue, Blue was, was always trying to, always trying to take his money and Blue was always trying to take his money and, and beat up on him and take his yeah. girl or whatever. And then, you know, he'd beat Popeye to a pulp and then, you know, somehow he'd get a can of spinach and he'd, he'd open up that can of spinach, you know, and he'd get a couple of bites of spinach down and then, you know, his muscles would flare and, and he would get up and he would start to run and he'd go after Bluto. And when he ran, he had like kind of this little 
hop or this little skip in his room. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he, he, he had short legs. They drew with them short ass legs. I see where you're going with this. This is beautiful. I'm just telling me that he's watching Popeye and Popeye's laying on the ground and then he opens up a can of spinach, you know, and he starts running, but the sound is off. But he's watching the motion of Popeye running and he said he went to the drum set and started playing that motion <laughs> on the drum set. <laughs> It yes. was like and I was like, that is the coolest shit I have ever heard. Now, I mean, this dude, you know, that if that's not thinking outside of the box, you know, I, I don't know what is, but I, I'm gonna tell you one more story because because every time I talk to him, I'm I, I always ask him about his beats or what he's checking out, what's he, what he's listening to, whatever. So this was earlier earlier this year. Uh, I called him on the phone. I said, "Hi, hey Howard, how you doing, man?" He goes, "Man, my wife is doing laundry, and I'm sitting here listening to this washing machine, and it's hot in the room, and the ceiling fan is going on above me, and it's like foo 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 foo, and then the washing machine is going cho cho, cho cho, cho cho, foo 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 foo." That's some really great polyrhythmic shit he's listening to yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I said, oh, yeah? He goes, yeah, man, I'm checking out the sound that this washing machine is going, and I'm checking out the sound that this ceiling fan has got going on, and I'm try- trying to figure out how to make them both work together, and when I, I'm going to put them on somebody's record, and it's going to be a hit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's yes. awesome. <laughs> conversation, man, and when, you know when I, if you call Howard, man, you better pull up a chair and be ready, you know, because because uh, uh, <laughs> if he's ready to talk, man, it, it, it you know, and you might want to have a piece of paper and pen, uh, right. you know, piece of paper and pencil with you too, because he's he's going to drop some science on you, man. I'm trying to remember that one of the greatest quotes he ever had. Um, it was about. Uh, let me see if I can find it here on my, oh, oh here it is. He said, we, we were about to hang up the phone and, uh, this was when I was back living. In this is like 2011, 2012 or something like that. And I just become friends with Howard sometime around 2008 or nine, you know, so I would, I would call him on the phone every once in a while. When I was living in LA, 2011, uh, to 2016 or whatever, I would call him on the phone, you know, every couple of months just to check in on him, say how he's doing. Yeah. And uh, one time, man, we were talking for about an hour, and we were just about to hang up the phone. And he goes, we are brothers, George. The beat is what keeps everybody's ass in line. If they get off, the beat will help them get back on. And I'm proud to be a member of the beat. The rule, man. And, and I mean, man, you know, that's just like... I don't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. I just, I, I, I told him I loved him and I hung up the phone and I immediately wrote that quote down and uh, I read it every once in a while just to, like to think about how heavy that is. I'm, I'm, we are, he said, we are brothers. The beat is what keeps everybody's ass in line. If they get off, the beat will help them get back on it. And I'm proud to be a member of the beat. There you go. So, the three of us, we are members of the beat. We are brothers, you know, we're brothers in drums, but we are members of the beat. Uh, I just thought that I just thought that was really beautiful. Well, you know, man, uh, 
without, without, uh, I mean, man, I could expand on that just to say that it's been an interesting week. I, I, I know y'all know some of the details and I don't want to be vague. I, I just don't, there's some stuff, a lot of stuff been going on this week that's, uh, with life and other people's lives and health and all that. And, um, right. uh, and one of the things that I, I, I was reminded of along those exact lines is that, um, man, you know, the drums, well, mute, first of all, two th- drums and music. I really can't think of a more powerful force Uh, and Mm. it keeps circling around and proving itself when it doesn't even have to, it's the beat keeping our asses in line, you know, like when, when, when there needs to be, um, you know, where where we need confidence or healing, you know, uh, you can play your drums, you can play music, you can share and um, actually literally uh, change people's lives, you know, and it, and it doesn't just happen once. I mean, it's not just on the bandstand. That's like a, I, I think it's just, you know, man, this gets real heavy, but anybody listening to this should just young or old uh know that we know but but remember that it's um you know yeah it's fun man i mean it's fun to play but it's also you know every note does count uh and and the and man and the beat will definitely (laughs) it will definitely keep you in line that's for sure man it will definitely do that it's just coming from him you know, uh, is, uh, man, that that's, I'm, thank you for writing that down and for sharing that, man, because that's, uh, uh, I, I need to like tattoo that on my forehead, especially, the, know, you know, when the haters know. hate, you know, and you, you kind of, yeah. <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get out of that hole sometimes, but, um, yeah, 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 man, you know, you're talking about that jump in the beat too, uh, the hump. I, I was, I noticed that, you know, Jim and the crew over at, at the Memphis shop have, have done the Memphis series thing of drummers. And I think it was our, our buddy Terrence was on there um, the other day. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I was I, talking about the hump. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about I believe he was talking about that. And because Terrence knows what's up, you know, of course, man, oh, big, yes, big, big word up to Terrence and, and um, Terrence Clark, y'all. He's, yeah. playing drums. He's playing drums with the great Robert Cray. He's been with the band now for. Well, about a year and a half, and uh, uh, he's also been touring a little bit with Robin Ford. Um, he's, you know, he's a heavy on the on the Nashville session scene, and uh, he's getting into the LA session scene too. But yeah, hell of a drummer, Terrence Clark. Yeah, man, Terrence. Uh, T- Terrence. Terrence knows about space, uh, and he knows about. I, I was glad to hear him talk about that hump because when we were talking about that, where are you coming from, uh, and and the conception. Once again, looping that back around one more time, uh, and and even Howard. I mean, you know, it's it's sometimes it's just the fact that two things or three or four or one or whatever all came together in a moment, and you say, "Oh man, what if I put this little hump on it?" And you know, as soon as you hear it. <laughs> I mean, that's a conception. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a, and you definitely feel it. Uh, and I, I, this sounds like a, like a, like I'm going off track, but I'm, I'm saying it's all part of that, uh, the big beat, right? The big, big beat. And it's also part of, you know, definitely individual conceptions. And then man, it's funky too, man, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that it's, it's, it's the, it's the fourth beat, you know, it's, it's the same, it's the same kind of hump that Philly Joe put on that four. And it's the same thing all the way back to the new Orleans thing and the second line stuff. I mean, man, it's so, you t- right. so here we are again, right? Is there's the beat. There's the, the, the keeping our asses in line for, uh, since, <laughs> since the beginning of time, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, it's heavy. Man, I got so many, so many times in my life where 
you know, shit was just bad. You know, I had a, I had a really mean step for a little while, my dad's second wife. And, and, um, she didn't, you know, I went from, you know, uh, living with my mom and dad, you know, who were just incredibly supportive. And then when they divorced, I stayed living with mom for a little while. And she married this dude who didn't like me playing drums in the house. So I couldn't play drums in the house. I got super depressed and sold off my Rogers drums at, at you know, 10 years old, 11 years old, whatever. If you can imagine a 10 year old going through depression uh, and didn't play for several years and then moved in with my dad who was married to this crazy woman who didn't like me playing drums in the house uh so they got me like a little you know uh, space in the garage you know which was totally fine right and then we moved houses and then i put my was able to put my drums in my bedroom and uh and you know she would yell at me about this and that you know she was really like super hardcore into like discipline 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 disciplining your kids but uh with with you know like with violence you know she liked to smack me and shit you know at at the dinner table and she got my dad into smacking me too and he had kind of gotten out of it you know for a little while but then you know he got back into it smacking me around not to get too heavy but um no no it's part of it man man i would yeah it's part of a forum man i would just get fucking pissed man i'm just like god damn man this woman is just like i cannot catch a break you know and you know i'm a teenager man i'm going through like crazy crazy time man. Right. you gotta you gotta be careful with teenagers man because they're, they're just like they're they're going through you know any of you teenagers out there man i know i know what you guys are going through man. this is like a, a critical point you know you're not a little kid anymore but you're not quite an adult you're kind of in the you're kind of you know um you're growing up you know and you're trying to figure out your life and where you're going and stuff and she and i just didn't see eye to eye on a million things uh but besides that she was just a man i'm just gonna say it she was just a an unfriendly person, mm. you know? And, um, so she would go on these rants, you know, about, I need to do this. I need to do that. And, and man, I would just be like, God, I can't deal with it, man. I would go in my room and lock the door and, uh, and play my drums. And I would usually play into like some hard rock, some, like some Iron Maiden or Judas Priest or Black Sabbath or something like that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I got the Sex Pistols record, man. Never mind the bollocks when I was <laughs> <laughs> and um you know they got that tune on there called emi and uh it's hmm. it's 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 tune about their their uh their record executive you know and their the record label or whatever and you know they're emi you know they're just pissed off about you know this <laughs> record deal had gone bad or something i don't know somebody was mean to them and didn't want to do things the way they wanted to do it so they wrote this tune i'm probably really fucking up the story uh about them but whatever man check out never mind the bollocks and the tune emi man is is fucking great but i wrote my own take on that about jane was her name and it was called jane what a pain and i had this gretch kit and i would just be on my floor tom my snare my bass drum and i was like jane what a you know she won't let me do what i want to do you know shit like that and it was like half sex pistols half like you know <laughs> from dead kennedy's you know and man, awesome. she was out my door with her she, you know the door was locked man somehow I, I managed to have a bedroom where i could lock my door i don't know how my parents even you know now nowadays i mean kids 
probably can't lock their bedroom door, but man, I have a bedroom door lock, and I would just be rocking this tune and yelling it to the top of my lungs. <laughs> Meanwhile, my dad wasn't home, by the way. My dad would be at work. You know, he had three jobs. You know, he's working late, and she's like yelling at me, banging on the door. My sisters are in the in the other room, you know, cracking up because she's just like banging on the door. George Pitt, are you open up this goddamn door right now? And you stop singing that song about me. I'm just like Jane. What? <laughs> You know, like uh, I don't, I don't, you know, but I do, I do have some, I do have some anger, a little bit of rage every once in a while comes out. But the drums will heal that, you know. Oh yeah, man. Yes, yeah. that's, that's so true, man. George, I'm surprised you didn't turn out to be like a metal musician or something. Man, I, I, I seriously used to listen to some heavy metal, man, and I, I mean, I was into Iron Maiden back in the day, uh, uh, and of course, you know, Judas Priest. Man, I, I bet, I bet you used to love Venom. Man, I actually didn't really know that band too much, but probably if I heard them now, I'd be like, yeah, that's some good shit. <laughs> no, they were, they, were, they were terrible. They were like super, <laughs> the whole, super oh. they, were, they were like sex pistols who were like really into Satan and shit. It, oh, okay. They, they were like the, the worst musicians, but like, oh, you know, fucking, they were, fucking they were Satan. Good. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, man I, I love me some i love me some sabbath man sabbath bloody sabbath fairies wear boots of course you know i mean when when uh when when ozzy came out too by himself man i had blizzard of oz and then uh, i loved uh i loved me some ozzy osborne or randy rhodes man i mean you want to talk about listening to a record and checking out you know checking out what the other musicians are doing i mean you know we we can talk about any kind of music man i love listening to country music uh gospel music uh, uh, I mean, blues, of course, man. But but man, I listened to the shit. I have some Aussie records and would just check out what Randy Rhodes was doing, you know, because the dude has like some crazy sixteenth notes going in like the in the rhythm section, you know. I'm not gonna lie, man. Pantera is is. I have a soft spot. I can always listen to Pantera. Man, dude, I know, man. And homeboy, Vinny, just Vinny, Vinny Paul is, uh, is one of the baddest dudes ever. I'm so, so sad to hear that he passed away, man. Rest yeah. in peace, Vinny Paul. Damn. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, Pantera. Tell us about it, Robert. Come on. I know you got some metal in your jeans. I, I got lots of metal, man. I love all that stuff. Yeah. Shoot, I'm sure we could talk about this all night long, man. All, all the rock guys that I love listening to, like John Bonham, for example, was huge into the jazz drummers. Uh, 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 Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts was playing drums in a jazz club in like Liverpool or something like that. Um, when they 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 discovered him, I forget it was like maybe maybe it was Brian Jones and and Mick. Maybe it was Mick and Keith. I don't know. I feel like Mick was there and maybe Brian Jones, and they were like, man, we got to get this guy in our band. You know what I mean? So like, the, all the rock guys were always checking out the jazz guys, and then, and I think, I think vice versa. Uh, it's, it's amazing how much crossover you know there well, is. Go back to Black Sabbath. But I think Bill Ward was kind oh, of doing that stuff too. Billy Ward, you know, and it's funny because you listen when those guys are soloing, they're kind of soloing like jazz drummers. <clears throat> Oh, you know? totally, yeah. Mitch Mitchell was totally soloing, like you know, his interpretation of like Elvin or 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 or, yeah. or Louis Belson, or you know. But also, man, I I'm I'm gonna 
I liked, I like to think that some of that uh, might have to do with kind of just a nice alignment of timing as well too. Not, not, not to like discredit That's people's true. energy, but like, yeah. man, the, the, the kind of, um, I mean, I don't want to put words in their mouths, but man, the luxury of being able to be, um, you know, even after they were successful, especially, and they were on tours and on, um, you know, certainly in festival situations. And we've all seen photos where it's like, you know, these crazy mix-ups of groups and, and you got like, Oh yeah. Miles uh, Davis playing with the Grateful Dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) right, 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 right. So, so you got this kind of cross pollination of, of things, Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, was there also, I think maybe that's just another layer, you know, I mean, I'm sure that happens now too, but it's not, maybe not, man, I guess not. I'm, I'm not out there. Um, at oh this yeah, point. man. There's there's so much there's so much crossover happening now, man. I mean, everybody's playing with everybody. And I just I I've always tried to steer away from genres. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and just be a just be a musician, just be a drummer. My my uh, my old drum teacher Richard Sasani, amazing drummer in Memphis, and um, man, he, he he taught me so much stuff. He's just like he's like, hey man. Uh, if you want to specialize, you can do that. You know, you can be just a blues drummer or you could be just a rock drummer, or just a country drummer. That's pretty cool. You know, if you want to do that, he said, but growing up here in Memphis, it's going to be really tough for you to just do one thing. You know, he said, if you really want your phone to ring, learn everything. <laughs> And it made sense because I was already playing gigs with my dad when I was, you know, when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. And dad's set list, man, it'd have everything from like George Jones to Conway Twitty to, you know, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, you know, to like the fabulous Thunderbirds or, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan to like, uh, um, uh, Willie Mitchell songs or, or uh, you know, Booker T and the MGs. I mean, it was like, it just ran the gamut from like country to blues, the soft rock, uh, dance music. You know, we had like some crazy dance music songs. He has a bunch of weird ballads that he would sing. You know, he used to piss me off, man, especially if we were in a club and like he had them rocking and he would turn around and play a George Jones song. But then like you know, people would get up and slow dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, uh, um, What's really funny too, man, is like I, that used to piss me off when I was younger. But when I got older and I realized that I could go and get gigs playing in bands like that, you know, that that did have a variety set list. Uh, uh, that you know, it, it was really beneficial. You guys hit to Robert Robert Gordon, the writer, the writer. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, uh, so, it came from Memphis. Yeah, yeah it came from Memphis. Uh, his his uh, his his new book. Um, He's out to um, the Muddy Waters book. It's called uh, "Can't Be Satisfied: the, the the Life and Times of Muddy Waters." Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, Memphis Rent Party. That's his. That's his. Uh, that's his latest book. But yeah, he wrote. It came from Memphis and Respect Yourself and um, uh, Lost Delta Found. But the the Life and Times of Muddy Waters can be satisfied is so incredible. He has all these interviews and all these stories with Muddy and Muddy's just telling all these amazing stories to Robert. But in the back of the book, he, I don't know where he got these, but he has Muddy Waters set lists from like back in like the plantation days. 
So we're talking about like the 1940s, y'all. The 1940s. And how, how does how does how does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, um, you know, I mean, I, I I keep set lists, you know, uh, sometimes, and I'll just throw them in a box, you know, and and then the box will get thrown in the attic, you know, and then uh-huh. like. Ten years later, you know, I'll be going through the attic. I'm like, "What's this box?" I open it up and like, "Oh wow, look at all these crazy set lists." I mean, this must have been something like that. You know, I don't know. Like, but somehow Muddy Waters had these set lists from the 1940s, maybe 1950s, when he used to do all these house parties, man. And the song, the 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 set list was like rain. The songs were ranging from country to to rock and roll to like you know whatever was on the radio. But what tripped me out, man, is there was like some Count Basie tunes on there. You oh, know? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so it was El- like, it was pop tunes. It was pop tunes, man. It was like some Duke Ellington stuff. So like yeah. Money Waters would just like play. Everything, man. He had all this country music, man. Muddy Waters played like uh, 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 not Rocky Top. What is it? What is that other one? Um, shoot, uh, t- uh, sitting on top of the world. <laughs> I'm sitting on top of the world. You know, it's just like kind of like a country folk kind of stuff. You know. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, man. But not, I'm not, just not really. Just, I mean, I just I just really uh, you know I just really dig it when um an, uh, 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 when there's no when there's no real like when there's no real boundaries you know i always wanted to put together like a a workshop you know a drummer's workshop and just call it no boundaries you know and just have you know like guys like the three of us that are coming from like three different places you know and then and then and then uh like a couple of guest famous guys you know like al fielder or you know at the time max roach was still alive i wanted max roach to come to memphis you know and, and hang hang out with us and just talk about how how important it is to to keep your ears open to everything that's out there you know because yeah. one you're never gonna know you're never really gonna know unless you listen like what you're into you know and who knows you might be into like you might be into like 10 20 different styles you know what i mean you never know uh, if, if you get good at it you know what kind of jobs you might get from it later on down the line you know what i mean so it's it's important i've been telling my students that you know i've been teaching over at the school of rock here in germantown for the last several months and i had one student tell me the other day he's like he's like well i don't really like you know he's into he's into real hard rock and i was like well man you know you want to check out some other grooves you know i was i was i was trying to get him to open up his ears a little bit and like get away from just playing this this uh this one beat that he knows how to play you know and uh i was like well man let's you, you down with like learning some other stuff today and he's like no nah, not really he was kind of a smart ass and I, was like, I was like he's like man i'm not really in a you know he's he's 15 16 years old he's like i'm not i'm not really into learning other kind of stuff and i was like well man you know that's cool if you, do, you want to listen cool. to- that's cool why why are you here <laughs> well you know i was like well man you know this, this is kind of a cool this is kind of a cool groove right here. I was I was trying to get him to understand. It's it's tough when you're dealing with like eight nine year olds, you know, and 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 even some like 15, 16 year olds. They don't really understand the concept of there's rock and then there's roll. But you know, to be able to rock, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to learn how to roll. You know what I mean? Like there's there's hard rock and roll, and then there's swing music. You know. But you put them together, and you got rock and roll, and 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 you gotta you gotta. I'm going off on a tangent right now. Yeah, hang on. Got- so check check this out. You remember when I started 
earlier and I said, yeah. you start with the foundations so that right. you learn to, because the challenge is, is for regardless of age, um, yeah. certainly sometimes even worse when it's older, 15 and then 25 and then 75 sometimes is yeah. to say, hey, yeah. I know you play the one thing. I know you do the one thing. And I know that you're, this is your thing. And the more, and I used to hate it. I mean, I always hated it. I, I, I still struggle with it when I'm, when I'm sort of served some new, a new dish, you know, and I go, mm. all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why, why can't I trust that, that, I mean, it's not like I'm going to give up what I know or give up what I play. It's like, that's why you practice anyways, practice. It's just going to add to it. It's going to inform man, it. Man, it's actually, it's actually, um, here's a tangent for you, George. I just interrupted you, but here's a tangent for no, you. No, no, please. Check I'm glad this you're... out. And and this is one person I want us to get on here is our, our great, 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 awesomest, most soulful brother, uh, Renardo Ward. Renardo Ward. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. All right. <laughs> hold on. So, so it almost sounds like this isn't the same thing I'm, that you're talking about, but it, it's an example of, of, of confidence. And in this example of, of, um, being able to, uh, n- not do kind of what's, what's expected so much, which is this, I, I never forget this every single time ever. First of all, side note, anytime I ever showed up to any gig he was on, unless it was like a major concert, he always, always would hold the sticks up when I'd walk in and would ask me to sit in. And that's, I rarely, I, man, like I don't deserve that, but I always appreciated that. And the second thing is when I was on a gig and it was my gig and I'd see him come in and would do the same it used to trip me out because I would always just be hard hitting, you know, like it's about burning, man, we're going to burn tonight, you know, and then Renardo comes in, I'm like, oh, okay, uh-oh, you know, and Renardo would be like coming over, hug you with that smile, you know, and, and you know what he does, right? I know you know what he does. He, he puts, he, I hand him the sticks and he's, he, he'll hug you and he puts some sticks right down in the stick bag, reaches over, grabs the brushes. <laughs> pulls the brushes out yep. and calls a ballad and calls it at tempo about maybe like 25 beats a minute i mean man like we're gonna Slow. go we're going yeah, yeah and and slinky yeah. and beautiful yeah. and he'll play brushes and do his one say his piece put him back in the bag and no you know no no it's fine no more you know thank you and hug you and walk off and and you get back on and be burning and be like yeah yeah right and you you know it took me about i don't know 20 years <laughs> to, to realize, um, man, that's a whole lot of, uh, confidence, not cockiness, but confidence, uh, maturity, of course. Um, and, and of course a teacher's heart, man, that's what he's always had that, but, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, yes. but it's, 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 it's not, it's kind of like what you're talking about, which is where it, it's sort of like, what if you, what if you could contrast everything? What if you could just absorb from other sources and not even worry about like, cause he ain't worried. It's not like, Oh man, if I go in there and play like a ballad with brushes, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to be slick, like looking like I'm playing all the stuff. Right. He knows everybody else is going to do that. So yeah, yeah, that's a good game of chess and that's cards too. You know, so like he, he's going to play the stuff that they're not going to play. Yeah. And he knows ain't nobody going to play that man. <laughs> cause everybody's there to just burn. But, but he's hey, going to really quick. Let me just, uh, let me just ask a question really quick was that a was that some ice tinkling in a glass that i heard Uh uh-oh or are you who who you addressing that to (laughs) not me (laughs) i'm not i'm not drinking anything right now i got a glass of water over here but yeah i got a glass yeah i got a a glass with some ice in it yeah what's what what you got going on over there i'm drinking i'm having another cocktail man yeah 
You got <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, I hear it. You got yourself in Negroni? I do. Nice, man. Some sweet food <laughs> and, and post, some gin. Post uh, uh, hanging out at mom's house, decorating the Christmas tree cocktail. You know, right. you know how that looks. <laughs> Are you at your mom's? No, I'm at home, man. Oh, okay. That's groovy. Yeah, man. I just, I just want to say that, man. Whenever I hear them, them, the, the ice tinkling. Yeah, I heard it too. I heard it too. You're drinking man. for us, man. Man, Chad, not Robert. So, yeah, right. yeah, please drink for us, man. Yeah, please drink for us, man. Because I, man, I wish I could have a drink, man. But that's it. Like one, I don't like the way that I, that I, you know, I had to stop drinking because one, I don't, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a sw- shut off switch, you know. Yeah, it's a tough <laughs> like one. I, yeah. I get to drinking, and then I would just drink until I was, you know, blue. And, uh, <laughs> and also, man, you know, when I started getting older, I was like not happy with the way that I felt the next day. Right, right. Uh, yeah. And I and I didn't, but I didn't bounce back from it like I used to when I was younger. You know, you used to go and get drunk and wake up in the morning feeling like shit and just go get drunk again. And then just like this, like never ending cycle almost, you know. But I don't know. Can't do it anymore. Robert can. I can. I still got it, man. I'm 50 years old. I'm 50 years old and I still got it. Man. All right, man. That's awesome. It's Shit, all that uh, programming, man. It's... I want to be 51 in a couple of weeks, man. God, I can't, I can't believe it. It's crazy. Are you kidding me? No, sir. January. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, that's a uh, that's a good point to um, wish you an upcoming uh, break. We'll have to do a birthday birthday <laughs> set break, you know, <laughs> where we don't drink anything and we just <laughs> we sit around and complain. Man, we can do that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's, gonna, that's I'm going to chew on some kale and. Uh... <laughs> And dip it, dip it into some tahini or something. I don't know. That sounds delicious, oh, actually. That does sound delicious. <laughs> I've been making these lentil soups lately, man, that are pretty killing. Man, can we talk about gear for a minute? We can. We're. we're uh, I'll, I'll say this, man. Um, you know, I don't know if, what what the uh, we're at a hour twelve. So I I'm saying we can we should probably give it. Podcasts like 50. don't really have. They do, man. They have no, I, no. Uh, that just means that we have another two hours for gear talk. I just wanted to let oh. you know. It's good. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Okay. We have two hours. No, I don't know what we have. <laughs> no. Uh, no, yes, man. Gear. I'm just I'm just in a little bit of a a little bit of a. You know, I don't have any money for gear, man. And I'm looking for it every day, like multiple times a day. I'm just I'm just out there on the internet, just like looking. You know, my I'm playing with my dog. By the way, if you hear him growling. Yeah, Barks, Barksdale doesn't like to t- like it when I talk about gear, or uh, he does like it when I play the drums. Though that's a very strange, that's weird, yeah, phenomenon, man. Yeah, my cat completely just like jets out of the room as fast as possible. Any 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 harsh noise like that. But Barksdale, man, even when I'm like riding on the cymbals, playing a hi hat, you know, I've got these big Istanbul Agop 16 inch hats, man, and I'll be rocking those right. things. You know, with like that little 16-inch Rogers bass drum, and 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 just like kind of cranked up to kind of high, you know, and it's like boom, 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 boom. Man, dude just comes running in the room and just like plops down right in front of the drum kit. That, that's kind of awesome. Like vibrational therapy for the dog or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man. Woo, speaking of vibrational therapy, that um. Oh. That'll be another episode where we talk about that group that yeah, was a yeah. group I had 
Uh, actually, I ha- we uh, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, anyway. Let me. I want to talk gear. about. Wait, hold, gear. hold, hold on. What what is that? Tell me just real quick. What are you talking about? Uh, vibrational therapist was a group that Chris Parker, uh, pianist, and I put together, um, and it featured the late Henry P. Warner. Uh, it was a uh, kind of uh, one of those early cats on the New York. Uh, I, I hate to call it this, but it was the loft jazz scene, you know, um, and yeah, yeah, right. uh, early, you know, William Parker and, and Billy Bang and all those guys. Uh, but we, uh, the three of us had a trio, piano, sax, uh, and drums. And uh, we would always, you know, sometimes we'd add other people, but but we recorded uh, one record that came out and then several, We I've, I've got maybe seven more in the can so to speak on the shelf um and the last one we did was with uh the late andy mcleod bassist with um elvin jones jazz machine and he that dude taught us a whole bunch of stuff but anyway that's a whole other that's a whole other that's a whole wait other a minute thing. is but that, whole, is, but that, is, that that's funny. Ba- is that the band that 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 you played at cbgb's with yeah oh yeah. my god well oh, that's a, that's amazing you yeah. have to tell story. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll have to tell it. But but that that actually, Andy wasn't playing bass on that. We didn't even have a bass player on that. We actually, um, uh, that was the Warren Smith. Uh, yes, gotcha. Gig. Yeah. Right. Right. Man. Right. Right. God. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I was gonna say I was in a uh, in a band called Vi- uh, Vibration Society uh, in the late eighties, early nineties, uh-huh. and it was, it was a purely uh, improvisational band we had like a couple of heads that um clint wagner or jim duckworth wrote uh jim spake was in that group too Ooh, yeah but it, it, it was i mean it was essentially just like first set play the head and then just just see where the shit takes you yes wow yeah. cool man i would love to <laughs> uh i'd love to hear that yeah i would love to hear that I, I, I guess everybody has goes through a a, a, a band with the vibration in the name at some point, oh, I did, but I will now. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. make up a band. I want to yeah. make up a band. It's your turn. Maybe, maybe that's uh, our our fair listeners can can uh, take that and, and formulate the new George Slepic vibrational group. Hi, everybody! Welcome to the Holiday Inn. <laughs> this is a vibration. This first song is called "The Lion Sleeps Tonight." If you See, that was beautiful. If you could do that on stage for, you know, 45 minutes for a set, I, I, just take my money, man. Just take my <laughs> cover money. I should just, like, go to Japan or something like that, man. They would like, love that. Yeah, I just bring my band over there called The Vibrations. Actually, I'll just go by myself and just find a bunch of badass, you know, Japanese dudes, you know, that love that music, you know? Just or, say, or. We're gonna, like the lion sleeps tonight, man. We're gonna play the tokens. We're gonna play the Starland <laughs> vocal band. You know, thinking of a working up an appetite, looking for a little bit. Brothers, <laughs> <laughs> together, make us box and night. And the thought of loving you is getting so exciting. Sky rockets in flight. <laughs> Afternoon delight. <laughs> 
What do you think, Barksdale? Some afternoon delight? Man, I could I could make a killing going to Japan. Like just bring all those seventies hits. Me and you and a dog named Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, just just do it solo, but still call yourself the The vibrations. As long as it's plural. Vibrations. Hi, everybody. Um, Put the vibrations. Just spell, just spell the name funny, like you know, uh, vibrations. Like you know, you're shunning the vibrations. <laughs> S H U. Please, uh, please, please, yeah. Oh God, please use a Z, of course. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. S H U N Z vibrations. No disrespect to those who name their bands with words with Z's. That's okay. <laughs> I, I'm glad we got to talk about gear, though. That was cool. Me that too. was uh, helpful, yeah, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better not to talk about gear right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, because there isn't, there is no way, there's no way the Next internet. Next episode will be a live reading of eBay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a brilliant idea, actually, Robert. Thanks, man. No, it is. It's a good idea. I just got this 18-inch bass drum Jones right now. I mean, I have one, but it's that you know, it's that it's that old Ludwig uh, 1920s um, oh, field drum. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. 12 by 18 drum. It's 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 really cool. I just uh, I don't know. I, I, I just want a Rogers 18 really, really bad, but I don't have the money for it, so it's all good. Well, apparently, even if you did, they're of course they're not uh, they're not just floating out there in mass numbers. No, they are not. There's they're a not. few of them out there, though, man. You know, and I've I've found with drums that the the especially with vintage stuff, like if you want something, just kind of put it out there, and it, eventually it works its way around into your field of vision. That is true. Uh, you know, and and some stuff even comes back to you. You let stuff go, and then sometimes it comes back to you. Thank goodness, because we all go through moments of stupid years of stupidity. Uh, I, I would bet yep. just about everyone listening to this knows and has <laughs> done that exact same thing, or you probably wouldn't even be listening to us because yep. <laughs> because that is um, that's half of how we all met anyway was just some weird probably well no george uh through the symbolic thing and and the yep. flopping yep. symbols it just oh god you know that whole you know what's really funny is i think i found symbolic but i had heard about you chad yeah but you didn't know me well, i didn't i didn't know you but i'd heard about you from richard sasani um ah because Richard was in a band with Art Edmiston. Yep. Uh, and then Art used to tell me about this band that he was in. He had this bad motherfucker on drums from Mississippi named Chad Anderson. <laughs> and then somehow, I got I don't remember how I found the Symbolic site, but uh, uh, I found Symbolic, and then I was like, wait a minute, Chad Anderson. And then Art was like, oh, yeah, man, that's, that's the guy. And I was like, wait, you're the guy that everybody's <laughs> been talking about? Uh, yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah that's been a whole again that's another another chad story the story time thing but that was a that's um i can't believe it's still around and 
I, I'm still thankful for all of the relationships that I've made from it. I mean, I have, this has definitely got some bad juju with it, but it, it, whew, man. Well, but, with every forum, you know, there's going to be a bunch of knuckleheads in there. I mean, any, I mean, look at Facebook, man. Look, you know, oh, yeah, like, no, no, for sure. For how many sure. trolls are on there just like going through and commenting on people's stuff? That's why I got off of Facebook. Well, you know but, I mean? I, it Anybody also listening got, right now, you know, George Slumpik. Not on Facebook. Right. Myself, I'm not on there. I think my my uh, my dad's page is still up. My dad's gone now, but his his page I think is still up. I think my stepmom uh, still maintains my dad's page from from years ago, uh, which is really funny. So people searching for George Slumpik will probably find my dad's page. Um, but yeah, there's you know there's always going to be. <clears throat> Well, we had uh, we actually got real personal with a lot of folks where there were personal, like in person, uh, you know, uh, physical threats and Whoa. crazy. It, it, yeah, not just to me, but like it, it, it got to be a big, a big thing, um, which I probably well, shouldn't divulge. Oh man, there's I could there's <laughs> there's some off record stories I can tell you about, but I, I'll wow. just all that to say okay. that anybody who has has ever run a, a a forum like that, 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 I mean, I'm thankful we, we had a, we had our heyday, especially around the 2004, it was founded in 20 in 2001. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we definitely had a peak era and not to say that we won't again, you know, but it's, it's just kind of been, uh, I've had to step away for a while and yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, man, there were some very extremely, extremely bad things that happened, but, but not to focus on that. Uh, it, it, the, the people <laughs> that, that, you know, especially when I used to, when I was gigging and I would travel and go to different cities, it was great because, man, I, the generosity, I had so many people, um, bringing me not, not to give, but like letting me use gear, you know, like if, especially you fellow drummers out there, you know, y'all know, uh, that when you, if you're not in the city like New York or somewhere where there's, um, you know, a lot of times there's a house kit, which is still a lot of times is abused and not particularly fantastic in some cases, but, uh, or even playable even in some cases, but, mm. but even without even that consideration, I, I had a lot of guys who would bring me, uh, gear, um, and just here, use these drums. Another guy would bring in these cymbals, like, to, you know, check this out. Hey, why don't you use this? You know, and man, it was a blast. Just, or places to stay. Oh my God. I, I, I'll go to my grave thanking people for the, um, man, just for the, the spot to crash for the night. I mean, that's, that, that alone from Symbolholic was well worth all the time spent running that thing. So, um, man, you know, thanks to everyone ever for doing that but yeah man uh gear's a funny thing you're right i i have more than many times more than once more than 400 times probably i've just put out a post on a couple of those forums and just say hey anybody wanting to let go of one of these you know it's a shot in the dark and then man sometimes it'll sit out there for you forget like it might even be almost a year i've had people i get a message out of thin air saying hey you know, weren't you looking for a, you know, whatever? And I think, God, yes. Back when I had money, yeah, I, I, I was. Where were you a year ago? Uh, but, uh, and, you know, and it's funny too, man. Sometimes, uh, I, you know, another thing is it's been interesting to see, speaking of another digression, how a lot of these shops 
Um, man, you know, we could name a million of them. God, Instagram is killing me because um, everything from, from of course, Jose's shop out there out West and, and uh, um, Revival and, and I, all, man, all the, all of these small shops coming up out of the, you know, for, out from under the shadows of what used to be these big, man, that's awesome. What a time to be able to get our hands on like new and vintage gear, right? Because it, uh, it's not just in the collector's hands where you have to go kind of mine it out. It's now there are these great shops <laughs> get kind of back old school style, right? So that's cool. Yeah. Or not cool. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't, don't don't send me more pictures of those things. You know, don't text me that stuff. In fact, I can't even get on Instagram now because I get so on you, there and it's like you really uh, got me back today, man. Sending me those Rogers drums, I was so bad. Man. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was so mad. I'm so broke right now. There's no way that I can like even think about. It. I'm trying to sell gear, you know. But Robert, you got a lot of gear too, don't you? I do got a lot of gear. I need to get rid of it too. As little as I play, man. Well, don't get rid of it, man. You know, I think that we should save all of our gears because when we're old, we're going to need to do something else and nobody's going to want to listen to our podcast anymore. So we're going to have to open up a music store or something. And we'll convince Chad to move back to Memphis or you and I will move down there you know our girlfriends or wives or whatever will kick us out and all we'll have is lift just our our drums what yeah. my buddy, my buddy told me the other day he goes man you know we're just like some boring guys i go yeah man if i, if I moved out of my house right now it'd just be me and a bunch of drums and my dog he goes yeah you're a pretty boring guy man if my wife left me right now i'd just be it'd just be me and a bunch of recording gear i'm just like yeah, i know man that's all I got. All I got is gear. So what let's start a studio. <laughs> Show for your for your life in the music business. Well, I got a nice collection of snare drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, weirdly, you know, one day I like I like wrote down every drum that I could remember owning, and uh, I was like, the list was. St- Staggering! I was like staring at at these drums that I want. Uh, this list of these drums that I once owned, and I was like, "Damn, damn! Did I have that? I got rid of that." Ah, oh. yeah, I, uh, yeah, right. I know. I didn't keep a list, but I, I definitely mentally, I've kept a list. Uh, and man, I'm not even. Don't you, you already know some of the items, which I'm not going to bring up, but there's some that just, got, <laughs> but there was also, man, you know, you go through these times where it's not even money driven. It's just, uh, things you just have to empty your, your, uh, everything you got to gut it and gut yourself kind of almost just to sort yeah. of reset. And, you know, I don't know if that's healthy, but it, it definitely has its pros. It has its cons too. You know, but like you said, man, sometimes those things circle back around. They come back to you um, in the kind of the craziest of of, of ways. I mean, mm-hmm. man, that's a, you know, I, I know we have this podcast. I think I think one thing that we should probably do as well is, um, you know, uh, for our listeners, we're, we're building kind of the blog side of this thing, too, because there's a lot of clips and a lot of music and a lot of gear. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we we should we got to kind of collect and document in our space because some of it just kind of slips away or we forget about not forget about it but you know i mean it's it's helpful to put it out there so that might be something nice is to uh i I know i have some 
Even some photos of some symbols that I had that were real, they weren't actually mine, but I kind of, they kind of came through my hands. You know, I'm thinking I might, I mean, I guess I have Symbolholic. I should probably do it there, but, but, you know, but, you know, have a, like a a post about that because some of those things have some, some mojo and some history. So that's right. I I should put up a a little post about my, my Quincy hi-hats. Oh God. Yes, for sure. Yep. For sure. Any drummer who's checking this out will. That's a crazy story. I'm telling you, <laughs> I know. most most definitely. I'm still I'm still jealous of those. <laughs> Man, well, um, you know, I don't want to call it, but I feel like we should probably call it because. Um, you know. Yeah, man. Let's just say goodbye and we'll reconvene next time, man. You cats are so awesome. This is great. Hey, y'all. On behalf of George, Robert, and myself, we thank y'all for hanging out with us. Be sure to go check out our website and our blog at thesetbreak.com. 